One minute, 60 seconds is a definition. But in New York, a New York minute, I don't think it's 60 seconds. <laughs> New Yorkers don't like to wait. If you're at a stoplight or a stop sign, and if you hesitate, you get a little friendly reminder <laughs> through the honk of a horn to say, let us get moving. If you're ordering a slice of pizza and you're deciding which one to get, you might get skipped. <laughs> We're talking about patience. There's man's patience and there's God's patience. So if you look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 9, let's look at the scripture, what God says about patience. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, if we were in charge of the world, I think there would have been another flood based upon the sin we see sometimes. But thankfully, we're not. And God is patient and wants everyone to come to the salvation. Peter is telling the church, and he knows that there is sin. And it was really tough for the early Christians. And a lot of them wished that they would go be with the Lord. And they were hoping that the evil would get punished. But God is patient. It says right now, it's his desire to give everyone a chance. And it's all throughout scripture. He has not changed. If you remember, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, or before they were destroyed, he had a conversation with Abraham. And Abraham knew that his nephew Lot lived near the city, and Lot could be destroyed along with that city. Pleads with the Lord to say, if there's 50 righteous, would the Lord destroy it? And the Lord says, no, for 50 righteous, I would not destroy the city. So Abraham keeps going and keeps going. And it gets down to 10. And the Lord says, yes, if there are 10 righteous, I will not destroy it. But the sad part about of that city, there was not 10 righteous. There was only a lot. And the Lord told him and his family, to leave before destruction came. The Lord wanted to hold off the destruction of the whole city for just one person. And this shows the value that God has for everybody. Remember Jonah and the Assyrians. You know, it's another story of God's patience with sinful people. Jonah didn't really want to go and talk to give the message of the Lord to the city of Nineveh. The Assyrians were a very evil and ruthless people, and he wanted judgment to fall on the people. He did not want the city to repent. He didn't want to go. Eventually he does, as we know with the story. And then they repented. And now Jonah's upset that they repented. <laughs> and he brought the word of the Lord. And the Lord brought up a, a little plant that gave him some shade. And he liked that. And then it died. 
And then he was disappointed about that. And the Lord said, You have been, been, been concerned about this plant. Though you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight, and it died overnight. And should I not have concern for this great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? No one is too far from the Lord. It's his desire that all should get a chance to turn to him and repent of their sin and get connected with him to find life and salvation. I know that we can think of many difficult people in our lives. And many of these difficult people have done tough things to us. We have done sin to others. And we have written them off. We've only given them a few chances. And then we have nothing to do with them. That's kind of almost self-protection. But it is God's desire to keep trying to bring the voice of repentance and salvation to these ones. Let's look at the New Testament. And that's just a few examples in the Old Testament. This is when uh, in Luke 9, the disciples were headed to Jerusalem. Now this is after the transfiguration. This is after when Jesus sent them out to heal the land of, of all sicknesses and everything and cast out demons. So the disciples were on this high. They saw the power of, that was in Jesus. And they thought they were going to Jerusalem to take over. And let me just read in verse 51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went to the Samaritan village to get things ready for him. The people there did not welcome him because he was headed for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John heard this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. So the disciples hadn't got the, the full gospel yet. <laughs> they liked the power. They liked everything else that Jesus was doing. But... They didn't really like, you know, when people they didn't like repented or gave them an opportunity to repent. Peter, in Matthew 18, he brings it up again. He says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Peter was going to say, ah, let's, let's put the limit at seven. <laughs> if, he, if he upsets me seven times and sins against me seven times, all right, that's it. He should be destroyed. Well, Jesus had a different idea. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. <laughs> I'm sure Peter did not like to hear that. We don't like to hear that. We only have a certain limit with people, and we write them off. But in God's eyes, there's no limit. His patience is backed by his love. And his desire to bring people into relationship with him. And to heal them of their sin. And take away the evil that has been done to mankind. That's why God relents on judgment. I know judgment, it's very popular amongst Christians. 
You know, we like to read about the end times, judgment coming, and these things happening. I mean, some of it, we want to be with the Lord. But the Lord's, you know, we think judgment's coming next week. In fact, a lot of people and pastors, prominent ones, have predicted the end of the world is coming. But I have a feeling that their timing isn't God's timing. It's God's desire in his heart for everyone to repent. Just think how many people would be lost if judgment came too quickly. The Apostle Paul, he was egging people on to stone Stephen, telling them to throw the rocks. He watched the cloaks of the people that stoned him. And he was vehemently saying, yes, kill that heretic, rid him of this earth. They were bringing judgment, they thought, which was righteous. But God didn't bring judgment on Paul. He showed himself to him on the road to Emmaus, blinded him, humbled him. And then ultimately, Paul, or Saul at the time, repented and became a new creation because he joined with Jesus. If we were in charge, would we have judged Paul and wiped them away? Remove that force that was trying to persecute the early Christians and throw them in the prisons? We would have lost most of the New Testament if judgment came too quickly. There are countless pastors that were previously criminals, drug addicts, people of violence, that have repented because Jesus kept speaking to him, to these people, and giving the grace and good news of Jesus Christ, giving them the opportunity to repent of their sins, just like the people of Nineveh. Think of Moses. He was 80 years old when God called him. I think we would have given up by then. <laughs> if we were choosing a leader to lead us out of the land of uh, Egypt, Moses, we would have looked at his resume and it would have been in the can. <laughs> but God said, no, he's my guy. So as we think about this, just think of all the people that we've written off in our lives. I think it changes the way we view people. I know thinking about this message, it's helped me to be more patient this week with people. To not see the sin, but to see the soul. And I think that's what God wants us to to hear in this message, is to see through his eyes that people are lost. I like how he described Nineveh. They don't know the right hand from the left hand. And there's so many animals. I don't know why he says that. (laughs) I guess he even cares about the animals. We need to see with Christ's eyes, especially as we go forward. And it's our annual meeting. We're talking about our mission. Most people will look at us and they would have written Westchester Chapel off, just shut the doors and move on, bring in somebody else. But the Lord's not done. He chooses the unlikely, the unwanted, the sinful to bring forward his message because the fruit that he can see is worth it. 
I just want to end with this story of one man coming to Christ. This man was arrested 35 times in his life. And he was sent to prison five times for eight felonies. He started getting arrested at the age of 12. He grew up in Indiana and he was surrounded by dysfunction and substance abuse. And it wasn't long that he adopted these habits into his life. He says, I was a very angry kid and learned to solve my problems through violence and fighting. I ended up in juvenile detention at the age of 12. I started drinking, committing crimes, abusing drugs and alcohol, and I was unable to stay out of trouble. And by the time he was 17, he was arrested so many times that they placed him in an adult prison instead of trying him as a child. He became trapped in a constant cycle of drinking drugs, prison stents, and selling drugs. But God had different plans for his life. One day when he was arrested, he found himself in prison yet again. He got introduced to the Bible and he studied it. Eventually gave his, his life to Christ. And after returning home from prison, he had a girlfriend. She had a son by him and he thought things were gonna be different. However, the girlfriend didn't really wanna have anything to do with him. Basically wanted to move away. And he was so distraught that he decided to take his life. He took over 100 sleeping pills, but he was not successful. But that rejection by his girlfriend and unable to take care of his one-year-old son led him into this spiral that he ended up basically on the street again, homeless. He would sleep in dumpsters on the streets and beg for a chance to buy the next drug. He hit rock bottom and he just wanted to die. But he got arrested again and ended up in prison and this time he had a thirst for the Bible and devoured it. And it came in and restored his mind and his heart and his soul again. So when he did get out, he was determined to attend church and stay connected to the body wherever he went. He would bike through sleet and snow to attend church services, volunteering for whatever was going on with the church. And he was determined to save others from the life that nearly destroyed him. And eventually he started a prison ministry and now serves as an outreach and prison pastor at a Road to Life church in Michigan City in Indiana. He's now reconnected with his son and he was married. And this is what he says. What I really preach from the rooftops is that Jesus leaves the 99 for that one. He left those 99 for me and grabbed a hold of my life in prison. There is hope for that drug addict, that alcoholic, the career criminal, the one that is so far gone that you think they can never be redeemed. Are you willing to go after that one and to have the patience of God? There is no one too far gone for Christ. Let's pray. So, Lord, teach us your patience. Help us to see the lost souls that are among us and to be patient with them, to show love to them, but to give them the truth of your word and to seek their salvation. Forgive us of our lack of patience and the writing off of people in our lives, sometimes with our family members, 
for our neighbors, the people at work, people that have wronged us, Lord. Heal us of those sins and give us your eyes and your patience that comes through your spirit. So, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. Help us to see how you see. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So before I close, the, the other thing is uh, patience. Mm. Patience with others. Mm. Patience with yourself. Mm. Don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. Continue to serve the Lord and seek his direction. Mm -hmm. If you don't see the results that you wanted to see, have patience. Mm -hmm. If you keep connecting to the Lord, mm -hmm. he will use you. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You might be that next Moses, the next Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. We don't know. But also, if you don't know the Lord, he's calling for you today. He's calling you to repent and to seek a new direction. All you have to do is repent of your sins, is go in a new way and say, Jesus Christ, take over my life and I want to serve you. So if you don't know Jesus Christ, make the decision to follow him and repent of your sins. The way of sin is destruction, but the way of Christ is love and life. Choose that today. So I'll just close. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in God's peace and patience. Patience with yourself, patience with others through God's eyes. Amen. Amen. If you were moved by today's message, that was the Holy Spirit wooing you to himself. God created the entire universe so that he could be in relationship with us, so that he could be in relationship with you. His son came to the earth. Though he was completely without sin, he died the death of a sinner, took all of our sins upon himself, and was resurrected so that we could have eternal life. All we need to do is accept what he did for us. You can find out more at westchesterchapel.org forward slash salvation. But why not pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for suffering and dying for me. Thank you that your death atoned for everything that I've done to separate me from you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, and Holy Spirit, come into my life and empower me to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to know about it. Please send an email to info at westchesterchapel.org. Now, our website is under construction right now, so these links may or may not work. But if you go to westchesterchapel.blogspot.com, in the right-hand column, you'll see an article on salvation and a way to get in touch there. If you live in or near Westchester County, we hope you'll join us. Find out when we're meeting at westchesterchapel.org. Again, that website may be under construction, but be patient with us. 
Also, if you're outside of the area, you can join us on Zoom, and that info will be there as well. But we do encourage you to get plugged into a local body of Christ-centered, Bible-believing Christians. Lord bless you.